Welcome to another episode of Nerdacious Behavior, for all things dating and wellness. And uh, wellness is a bit tough today for your intrepid hosts. <laughs> it is. I spent all morning making phone calls to Michigan, and this is the shit I get. I'm so pissed off. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bummer. Uh, we clearly were not ready for Bernie, uh, unfortunately, due to voter apathy uh, a lot of misinformation, and more than anything else, I think just blanket ignorance. It looks I like we are likely to get another four years of Trump. I think it's about young people not voting, because fucking Bernie Sanders has 4.5 million followers on Instagram, and if just half of them would come out and vote for him, we'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's definitely one big element. I also think, I mean, the fact is, is Bernie Sanders is the only... A uh, political platform that really is friendly to the American worker, uh, to the what used to be the middle class, the lower class. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bringing opportunity to these people, um, essentially making capitalism not just a thing for the rich. And uh, a lot of people just really don't have the concept that he is, you know, their their best option in terms of everything. You know, yeah, medical care and all, all of these things. And, and uh, you know, we have people who think that, you know, the Affordable Care Act is something different from Obamacare. And so they love the Affordable Care Act and don't realize that it was made by Obama. We have people mm-hmm. that, like you were calling today who are voting for Biden who just seem completely misinformed about who and what Bernie Sanders is. They think he's a communist. They think mm. he's going to erase private health care, things like that. Yeah. And it's it's just bonkers. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's just, that's not what's happening. Uh, so a lot of misinformation out there, Mm -hmm. um, media fueled a lot of it, a lot of ignorance and a lot of, uh, voter apathy, you know, someone sent me a picture today and it was, uh, of a Facebook conversation and there are actually people who live in my little Republican bubble part of the world that think that Bernie Sanders wants to raise taxes to 50% for anyone making over $30,000 a year. And I like sent them the link and I was like, no, this is what it is now. This is the proposed plan. Like you really don't experience tax increases until you're making like at least a quarter of a million dollars a year. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's misinformation. But the thing is, is it's really not worth, even having that conversation, to be honest, the fact is, is confirmation bias is a real thing. They are happening upon that information because they want to believe that information, not because mm-hmm. it's, it's legitimate. And if you go and tell them that you show it from Bernie's own website, they're just going to hate him for another reason. Well, the person who was reaching out to me didn't hate him. He was just like, oh my God, there's so much, like, this is what people are saying. Tell me about your boy, Bernie. And I was like, no, this is what's up. And he was like, yeah, I could try to tell people that, but they're not going to listen. And I was like, I know. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the the reality is we just, you kind of have to try to, and I, I don't know if you would call it a success story, but, you know, personally, I was raised in a very, very conservative environment. Um, my, my father votes conservative almost all the time, although I'm happy to say that he is not going to be voting for Trump again this election. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, not that he's not still conservative. He's just, you know, very, he, he's very offended by a lot of the things <laughs> Trump has done. 
vis-a-vis, yeah. uh, you know, racial justice, uh, the legal system, etc. Right, it's flagrant it's, disregard for, like, laws and justice and, <laughs> and subpoenas. Yeah. So, you know, my dad being a lawyer hates that assault on the legal system. Mm-hmm. And my dad being, you know, generally not a horrible person mm-hmm. hates that, you know, he's done all these terrible things to, you know, he's, he's just been so awful to minorities uh, mm-hmm. from Charlottesville calling white supremacists very fine people. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. No, everything. So he's, uh, he's kind of out of that. He was really hoping for another conservative option. Right. Uh, I think he'll be just fine voting for Joe Biden, who is, you know, mm-hmm. center right. But, um, you know, my, my mom is much, much more conservative than my dad. Uh, she was raised very conservative Catholic. And actually, more Catholics are liberal than conservative. But the ones who are conservative are very conservative. Mm. So um, I talked to one of them on the phone today. Yeah. I mean, the, the disconnect is outrageous. But it's really a, a lot of it has to do with very much one issue voting. Abortion. It's, it's about abortion. Yeah, yep, that's the, the caller I talked to today. I never met with. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, this isn't really what our episode is supposed to be about, so. Uh, I know, but it's about wellness, and this has us both down, Sean. It, it does. It's unfortunate. Uh, it's going to cost me a lot of extra money. Um, I've had my share of medical problems. You have had ten times your share of medical problems. Actually, I've had way more than my share of medical problems. You've had all the medical problems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, this is really good. Well, you know, you just, you look at it and it's like, uh, I had a Biden voter tell me that, you know, uh, well, you know, Biden is going to pull over some Republican voters. That's what uh, someone who are said to me. With and I was like, no, that's the strength of the Republican Party is they will back well, yeah, that that's the thing is Trump has a 92% approval rating in the Republican Party. The fact is, is if he has a 92% approval rating, that means there's an even higher percentage of people who are going to vote for him who are Republican. That means that yeah. 92% who approve him are not going to switch over to Biden. Totally. And then many of the remaining are going to see the R next to his name and go, ah, I don't think he's great, but at least he's not a Democrat. Mm-hmm. So. So the myth of pulling away Republican voters or moderate voters away from the Republican Party, it, it, it's exactly that. It's a yeah, myth. It's not totally. going to happen. Never going to happen. So, and in you fact, you're saying, just going to lose the ultra-liberal people. Are you ready for my confession? What? You're not going to vote? I might not. I didn't vote for Hillary. Well, I mean, the, ba- the basic idea and the way I look at it is I, I talked to him and, and I said, well, then, you know, if you're not realistically going to get any Republican votes, then why wouldn't you try to court the progressive agenda? Why wouldn't you just roll out just a couple of progressive policies, court the progressive vote? Why not mm-hmm. have Elizabeth Warren as your VP, a known progressive? She's very mm-hmm. popular among progressives, second really only to Bernie in, in terms of mm-hmm. on a national level. And they said, well, you know, we already, the, the progressives already vote Democrat. You know, I, I look at that and I say, actually, uh, Enough of them stayed home to yeah. lose Hillary the election. Totally. Um, still, a majority of them definitely voted for Hillary, uh-huh. but enough of them stayed home to where she won the popular vote and convincingly lost the Electoral College. Totally. And it'll happen again. Mm-hmm. 
Biden is very similar in terms of policy to Hillary Clinton. But frankly, he has a lot more racist skeletons in his closet. He <laughs> totally. more, uh, he's very creepy and they are going to play that up. Donald Trump is going to call him Creepy Joe. They're going to talk yeah. about his mental acuity because he says stupid things uh-huh. all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I think poor kids can be just as smart as white kids. Yeah. Oh, my I mean, God. It, he says these kinds of things all the time, just very public gaffes. Uh, he implied during the first uh, presidential or primary for the Democratic Party debate um, he implied that black people don't know how to raise their kids and that right. they should send social workers to them. <laughs> um, crazy. Yeah. Uh, he, and then he got confronted on his past of supporting segregationist policy and mm-hmm. you know, working the with compromising. Yeah. Yeah. Working with and compromising segregationists rather than, you know, pushing for equality. Mm-hmm. And he doubled down and he mm-hmm. said it was, you know, the right thing to do. And we have to work with these people. And it's like, no, you, that's evil. Yeah. You have to see that. But anyway. Um, you He's know, a crazy that, person. So looking at that, I'm saying, you know, why not court some of the progressive vote? Because right now, you've damaged it. Mm-hmm. You've damaged it in, in the way that, A, you nominated Biden. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've damaged it in the way that, you know, you pulled Pete and Amy Klobuchar from the race and had them endorse a week before. That was a very shifty move. Mm-hmm. Progressives did not like it. They did not like that more than likely the Democratic Party ordered Elizabeth Warren to stay in. Mm-hmm. That was not something that progressives liked. If you make Warren your VP, progressives are a lot more likely to vote for you. I'll, yeah, then I would leave my house. Yeah. Uh, vote you, by mail, as maybe, I do. Maybe you don't even make Warren your VP. Maybe you make somebody from one of the, progr- one of the swing states, you know, a female politician from one of the swing states that you really need to beat Trump in, mm-hmm. you make her your VP, but... I'm still staying home. But you push forward a few progressive policies. You say, mm-hmm. all right, Medicare for all, let's talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't even have to promise anything. Yeah. You know, and that's all he had to do. And he says, well, you know, we already get the progressive vote. And I said, no, we well, stay home. <laughs> and he says, well, and, you know, I'm like talking about what happened with Hillary last election. She goes, well... Then they learned from last election, this time they'll stand behind Joe. Because, wow, you really don't get how this works, do you? Mm-hmm. Tell her They're upset me. at you. You don't, <laughs> you, don't, you don't own their vote. Yeah. You know, right. you haven't, yeah, you're not entitled to their vote. You have to win their vote. They're not uh-huh. Democrats. The Democratic Party is center right. Uh-huh. You know, they, they have done nothing to earn the progressives' vote except being somewhat closer policy-wise than the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it's just, it's almost a defeated purpose. Progressives are not represented in this country. They are by far the largest voting bloc, but unfortunately, <laughs> they didn't get out and vote. And so we, we did this to ourselves. Uh, as far as, you know, people who support Bernie, far and away, it's the youth. They didn't vote right. We lost the election because they didn't show up. They wanted Bernie to be president. But not bad enough to vote by mail. No. Or, you know, I mean, the fact is you could have shown up to a polling station. They can't turn you away. You know, if you show up before it closes, they have to serve everybody who's in line. Yeah, but the lines are going for hours right now. 
yeah, well, you know what? Some t- that's a pretty small price to pay to exercise your democracy totally. in a Trump, Trump versus Bernie scenario. So, yeah. I mean, you're not willing to pay those prices. Make sure that you have an absentee ballot. If you're not willing mm-hmm. to do that, then you might have to wait a few hours. But they weren't willing to do it. And so this is what happens. Fucking young people. God damn it. But anyway, <laughs> can we, can we kind of... I just want to say one more thing, which was fascinating to me because Bernie won by a lot in Michigan four years ago and he's losing today. Um, And I, I was like, what is going on in Detroit? Like, why aren't black people voting for Bernie anymore? And I couldn't wrap my head around it because Joe Biden is so obviously racist. And then when I was calling today, I was like, oh, it's because they're giving Biden all of Obama's credit. It's actually not even just that. What's what's very interesting is that among the electorate, one of the most informed groups of voters are black voters. Uh-huh. And you know, this is surprising because socioeconomically, they're fucked. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, honestly, like, and, and this is really where I feel like Bernie would have done a lot of good. Bernie's on the right side of this. Uh-huh. And Joe is not, but the, the thing is, and this is really just an examination of frankly, my white privilege, Mm -hmm. but you know, last election, I thought, you know, Bernie has a real chance. I didn't think like, Oh, he'll win. I thought he has a chance. He Mm -hmm. could do this. Mm -hmm. And then Hillary won the nomination and I was very disappointed, but I wasn't surprised. And I thought, all right, well, very, very slow progress is better than nothing. Mm-hmm. you know, Hillary will win. And, and I have a few black friends that I talked to about this and they were like, no, Trump's going to win. I'm like, Trump's not going to win. He's pulling. Oh my God. It's like that episode of SNL. <laughs> uh, to an extent, but honestly it, it's less funny and more depressing when it happens in real life. But it's uh, like exactly that. Cause Chappelle was the only one that was like, nah, this country's racist. You'll see. <laughs> No, and, and I just kept thinking, like, yeah, they're not, I mean, he has said racist things on air. He's said horrible things about Mexicans and black people. Uh, he's bragged about sexually assaulting women on right. video, provably. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says creepy fucking things about his daughter. Mm-hmm. He's pretty clearly owned by Putin. That's mm-hmm. been true since the 80s. It's mm-hmm. not like, uh, and, and everybody's known it since the 80s. Everybody knew him anyway. So it's, yeah. it's just, it's baffling to me, I just didn't see it. I thought, no, it just won't happen. Same. No, uh, he's going to get blown out, and you know it'll be embarrassing to the Republicans that that was their candidate mm-hmm. and he won. And I just, I was, I was just shocked. You know, as the electoral college is shaping out, and I'm thinking, like, wow, he has a chance. And then mm-hmm. later, I'm like, wow, he has this locked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that was crazy. That was just, wild. I, I guess I had to admit that I don't understand this country <laughs> properly because right. I'm white. I come from white privilege. I was raised in the suburbs. I've been through my fair share of shit, but none of it had to do with, uh, you know, poverty. Like my, my parents were both professionals. They were, you know, very, they were upper middle class. They emphasized education. Like I came from privilege white mm-hmm. privilege and i did not see that outside of that community people had to deal with much more real issues and, like i knew racism existed i knew that 
black people had socioeconomic problems that we didn't. And I thought that that was a problem and I wanted, I wanted to help, mm-hmm. but I did not understand apathy towards racism, I guess. Right. And, and that's, that's the major failing is what I thought was, I will never vote for Trump because he's provably racist. I mean, I had a bunch of other reasons too, right? but I thought, yeah, they won't vote for him because he's racist, but there are a shocking number of white people who are capable of saying, well, he's racist, but yeah. Well, not just racist, also very sexist. (laughs) No, he's, he's very sexist. He's very, a lot of things Mm -hmm. and none of them are okay. Um, but people who stood to benefit from tax cuts that the Republican party throws down every single time they have the presidency mm-hmm. and the Senate Bush had tax cuts and deregulated the banks and we had a recession. Totally. Reagan did a bunch of tax cuts. One of his aides with no background in economics coined the term, uh, trickle down economics. Mm-hmm. And, well, they were fucking disastrous. They were so disastrous that this was back during a time when you could have political shame that he repealed those tax cuts. Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, Bush had no such shame. Trump will never have any amount of shame. Right. So, but the the point is, is that, you know, when you have Republicans, you get tax cuts. And they Mm -hmm. think, oh, well... And then the deficit goes up and the military spending goes up. (laughs) Right, right. And and the thing is, is if you go through a recession after getting a tax cut, you lose a lot more than the money you gained through the tax cut. So it's a very short-sighted and ignorant point of view. Mm -hmm. And, but they just try not to connect the tax cuts to any recession or economic downturn. Well, the people at the very, very top are probably still coming out on top, you know, because they're selling their stocks faster than anyone else. They're doing insider trading. They're, they come out on top of this whole thing. No. So so during, during the recession, money didn't disappear. That's, that's not how economics works. It just shifted upwards. So that's exactly what happened. So anyway, the, the idea is, is, you look at upper middle class white people and they say, well, I hate taxes. It takes so much of my money. I'm scared about, you know, having enough money for retirement. You know, I'm, I'm getting up there. I'm old. I don't want to be working until I'm 74. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And I, I want my retirement to be safe. I want less money to be taken out of my taxes so I can save more. And they think of that problem and it is more important to them than the fact that you have a racist president mm. representing a bunch of countrymen who are of color, who mm-hmm. are African-American, who are Mexican, who are whatever. Uh, to Trump, Puerto Ricans are foreign. So, yeah, it's, right. <laughs> you know, like it, like you have a racist president who doesn't care about those things. You have a mm-hmm. sexist president and it's, it's okay. You know, my mom voted for him despite the fact that I guarantee you a hundred percent. She, if she had a daughter, she never would have left that daughter in the same room as Donald Trump. Yeah. Right. But what's more important. It's that and it's abortion. And so we have a startling amount of people who are okay with all of these things by Trump. And honestly, 
it's just as bad as being racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it, when you needed to say, no, that's not okay, racism isn't okay, institutional or overt racism or subconscious racism, none of these things are okay. At a time when we needed to stand up as a country and do that, they thought, hmm. But that tax cut, though. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so disappointing. But abortion, though. And they have stacked the courts under Trump. He has his rubber stamp that is his signature. Yeah. And he just, anything they slide across his desk, they tell him to stamp, he stamps it. And we have a bunch of insane judges in there now, even the Supreme mm-hmm. Court. Mm-hmm. And now Biden is most likely going to lose to Trump, just like Hillary did. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to leave my house. And we could very well go from a six to three to a seven to two wow. in terms of the Supreme Court. And when that happens, there is absolutely no way that Roe v. Wade will hold up. Oh, that's going to be crazy town. Yeah. So uh, a lot is going to go on. Um, a lot of insanity in the next four years. Even even if Biden pulls it out, uh, there's going to be a lot of resentment. Uh, Trump's supporters are not going to go out quietly. Uh, I'm not talking about the people who wanted their tax cut. I'm talking about the vocal Trump supporters who yeah, are... Yeah, the wackadoos. Yeah, they're not going to go out quietly. They're going to be angry. They were already angry. They're, they won, and they're angry. And <laughs> then, you know, progressives who feel really cheated by the DNC, they're not going to mm-hmm. be happy. We're, we're going to have a small group of moderates who are comfortable in their life and don't want to deal with politics mm-hmm. and a, in an even smaller group of very, very rich people. And those are going to be the happy groups. And that's mm-hmm. it. So with that said, let's talk about relationships and important stuff. <laughs> did you do your homework? I did. Yeah. How was it? I mean, I hate homework. Uh, I hated school. I'm very ADD. Uh, I don't think that's a shock to any listeners at this point. When it comes to politics, you can stay on track. <laughs> I I can stay on track whenever I'm talking about something that I am passionate about. And I hate that I can say that I'm passionate about politics. I'm not passionate about politics because I like them. I'm passionate about them because of how important I deem them. I used to mm-hmm. be essentially apolitical. And I liked being apolitical. That was good for me. I hate paying attention to politics because it's a pit of fucking despair. Being apolitical is like being the one who's apathetic to racism, though. I mean, it's grossly irresponsible. Well, and I I feel like those weren't my choices when I was apolitical. You know, like, as much as, you know, I look back and I say, all right, well, Bush got us into two wars we had no business being in. Yeah, that was nuts. (laughs) And you know, on, on lies, you know, Saudi yeah. Arabia, Saudi Arabia is who perpetrated nine 11, but there are oil friends. So we didn't do anything to them. Right. We instead invaded Afghanistan. They had nothing to do with it, but they hate us too. So it was fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then, you know, Iraq weapons of mass destruction. Our intelligence services never said there were weapons of mass destruction. They lied. Then they never found weapons of mass destruction. And we kind of just stopped talking about it. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is even then, like, uh, you look back and Bush is dumb, but he's not as dumb as Trump. He clearly was kind of just repeating marching orders coming from 
the Republican Party and Dick Cheney. Right. No, I don't think he has any idea what even happened during his presidency. <laughs> no, uh, I, I just I think there's a shattering level of ignorance. But, you know, that is it was after that. And the thing is, is in 2000, when he was elected, I was 12 mm-hmm. when he was reelected. I was 16. So there's mm-hmm. nothing I could have done about that. So my first real election was Obama McCain. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little ashamed here. You didn't vote. I voted for McCain. <gasps> what? Yeah, I I was raised very conservative. Um, oh my god. Uh, luckily, I, I didn't do any damage. California voted overwhelmingly for Obama. Yeah, I even uh, voted. Yeah, I rarely uh, vote. But that was that was my first election. I, I was still I still believed that climate change was a hoax. I was very <laughs> oh no. I was very sheltered and very Wait, do your parents no, think that climate change isn't happening? No, my dad my dad thinks it's happening. My okay. dad believes in science. My mom <laughs> does not. Wow. Wild. So um yeah, so that's insane. She's a smart woman, but she is extremely stubborn and she has chosen what to believe and she you know, essentially molds her uh, her news sources to what she wants to believe rather than the other way around. So my mom anyway. like the complete opposite and was complaining about global warming and the ozone layer like in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, we'd known about it for a long time. But anyway, that's is beside the point. I was raised very conservative. I'm ashamed of it now. But did you, you vote know, for Obama I, the second time? I did. Okay. I did. I voted for Obama against Romney. Uh, that was, you know, those four years, not because of the president, but basically, you know, I just, I love learning and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was just learning what I could about some various sciences and kind of tangential to that. I learned enough about global warming to be like, oh, so this is beyond a shadow of a doubt, completely real and happening. I was insane mm-hmm. not <laughs> to believe this. And I feel like a moron. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to live with the fact that, you know, while I thought I was the smartest person around, I was really fucking gullible and stubborn. And uh, really, it just it started a domino effect where I just started uh, looking from a much more neutral perspective at every single issue until I became a pretty, pretty fairly liberal. I'm definitely a progressive. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that was kind of a natural progression for me just kind of believing in science and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, anyway, the, the point is, is we're not going to convert a lot of people that way, but in apolitical families, the kids are growing up liberal. Oh, they're growing up to become liberal. I was like, what? You just said yes, they're apolitical. They're I get it. Yeah. Yeah, so their their parents don't talk about politics much. They don't care. They don't want to deal with it. Maybe they have a vague preference towards one party or the other. The kids are overwhelmingly growing up liberal in those situations just because of the fucking shenanigans Student of debt. the <laughs> Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, we've we've gone through a lot of this. We've we managed half an hour of sidetracking into politics. Okay, back to dating. Let's, let's do so- the assignment. 
the homework was for us to write down what we want, what we need, and what we can give in relationship. And I think that a lot of times when people talk about what they're looking for, they're, they're looking for wants. And they're settling for wants or they're trying to settle for wants. And then they're confused when it doesn't work out when their needs aren't being met and they're not meeting somebody else's needs and no one's even bothering to identify what their needs are. Okay, Yvette, I feel personally attacked. Thanks a lot. <laughs> this isn't about you, Sean. This is about the vast majority of people. I mean, I used to be a date coach and this was one of the first assignments I gave. And no one was ever like, oh yeah, I already have that list. Here you go, teach. Like literally never did that ever happen. Um, yeah, well, right now I'm Gretchen Wieners raising her hand saying that I feel personally attacked by, God damn it, what's her name in Mean Girls? Rachel McAdams. Well, uh, I don't know. I haven't committed Mean Girls to memory. Regina I King. It once a long time ago. Regina King. Maybe she was attacking her. I don't know. Maybe I yeah. am attacking you. I'm not sure anymore. I, I definitely went that way. I definitely, you know, looking back at my relationships, what I liked about them, why I chose to be with that person. It was in, in the first major relationship I went through, it was heavily based on wants. The second time, I think it was subconsciously a, a little bit more about my needs. Uh, not, not that I necessarily chose that. I kind of fell into that situation. Um, in, in a way I was very unlucky, but it didn't work out. So in a way I'm not lucky, but, uh, Wait, you're unlucky and then you're not lucky? Uh, in, in very different ways. Yes. Okay. But, you know, in, in the first relationship where I really thought like, maybe this is somebody who I could spend the rest of my life with, get married, etc. I absolutely went based on wants. I uh, didn't know I was doing it. I actually didn't know I was doing that until very recently. But uh, you're welcome. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah, you sound so filled with gratitude. Yeah, I thanks. Had a, I had another very serious relationship a lot more recently, and that was uh, I wasn't consciously doing it, but it was a lot more based on needs than wants. That's good. But, yeah, uh, it, it was mixed. Okay. Um, but you know, obviously like I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, I figure myself out a little bit more. I go in a lot more consciously looking at what I need rather than what I want. Maybe good mm -hmm. things will happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. So should we start with needs then? Uh, do you want to just do yours first? I feel like you want me to. Why do you want me to? I, th I thought we could go one for one. Yeah, we, I think we should go one for one, but you heard, I want, I just want you to go first because I talked a lot about politics and honestly, my voice is getting a little bit sore and I might not be able to sing on demand at any given point during this. <laughs> and that's obviously a priority. <clears throat> yeah. So, okay. You drink some <clears throat> lemon honey water. My very first need, obviously at the top of my needs pyramid is transparent honesty. I can handle like any truth, even if that truth is, yes, that nagging feeling you had is because I got a happy ending at a massage parlor. And I know that because I have handled that truth before, but I can't handle like even tiny omissions. I just, I, I lose my fucking mind and turn into a crazy person that I don't like. So transparent honesty is my number one need. 
yes, I have, uh, I've noticed that about you. And, uh, <laughs> obviously like honesty, it, it should be super important to almost everybody. Um, your level for your, your need for transparency and the level of transparency you need is way above normal. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Certainly, you know, not a level of transparency that I even want. But that's you know. that's what I realized recently. I'm going to be alone forever, not because of my need for transparency, but because I give transparency and nobody but me wants that. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you don't necessarily have to give that transparency. Ooh, but if I don't, then I feel like I'm lying. And if I'm lying, then I feel guilty because so I'm breaking one of my own rules. What what you need to understand are your partner's wants so if your partner or sorry your partner's needs if your partner does not have a need for transparency on certain things and doesn't even want transparency on those certain things Mm -hmm. then you really shouldn't be talking about it you're not being dishonest you are respecting their wishes but if i'm respecting their wishes and going against my own beliefs isn't that bad for me i'm like I know you don't believe in this sort of thing. I, I would call it like a spiritual level, but call it whatever you want. I I think that you need to be flexible on that to your partner because that's not about your needs. It's about their needs. But I have a need to be honest and expressive, like a personal need outside of romantic relationships. Because after this homework, I went ahead and did some extra credit and I was like, what do I want and need from life independent of romance? Well, at the I top of the page, it says by my damn self. And the first one is transparent expression. I need to be able to be transparent in my expression. Well, that is the comedian in you, but, uh, <laughs> thank yeah, you. I mean, That's like, you know, maybe the you funniest will, you've ever called me. Maybe you will find somebody who is okay with the level of, I, I want to say, Honesty vomit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honesty vomit. Good. That'll catch on. Okay. So sorry, I, I interrupted. We discussed it, but go on, please. Um, I thought we could go like one for one. Like I say one, and then you <laughs> say one. Okay. Well, I I had a need for honesty, uh, just because we're going one for one here, and that's kind of pretty parallel. I do not have a need for the level of transparency that you do. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, what I have a need for is emotional honesty. Oh, go ahead. What's that about? Uh, what it's about is I don't need to know everything that's going on. You don't need to tell me everything that you've ever done in your life. I don't want or need to know every detail. Mm-hmm. And and that's not just, you know, about like what's going on with your exes. That's not like, I mean, you know, what happened with your exes. I, I, Trust is another one, but that's, I'm not going into that yet. But the basic idea is I don't want to know everything about my partner. Mm -hmm. And most of the time they have not wanted to know everything about me. Mm -hmm. They want to know the things that are relevant to to each of us and to each other as a couple. And I have been in situations where somebody was dishonest. And I can't have that. There is a difference between not telling me everything and either not telling me something that matters 
or outright lying. And I've experienced okay. both of those and they're not mm -hmm. okay. So yeah, someone didn't tell you something that they had a reason to know was material to you staying in that relationship to the capacity that you were in. And they knew that if they, they had expressed that piece of information, you might have changed your position or way you acted or whatever. Right. You're, you're tiptoeing around it. I think you're trying to, uh, spare me, uh, putting myself on blast or putting me on blast here. But, uh, basic idea is, uh, at a certain point, somebody was dishonest because they were texting a married Scottish person behind my back. Uh, it was, but did he have a sexy accent? I never met the guy. We can assume though. I, I mean, if you think about the <laughs> Scottish accent, it's sexy, but really it just sounds like Willie from the Simpsons and nobody's into that. <laughs> Respectfully disagree. All right. Well, uh, basic idea. Um, Nothing physical happened, but it was, there was flirting. She was emotionally cheating on me. And mm. uh, I absolutely am not okay that she was, and, and the guy was married. So, so what were like, they texting? Uh, I don't want to get too much into it, but it, it was flirty. Uh, and then they were basically also just talking about every part of their days. Like they were texting all day, like you do with a new crush, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was like, you know, I, I could see what was going on and there was a reason she, she didn't not tell me because she didn't think it was important. She was hiding her phone, which mm -hmm. I, I'd never gone through her phone or anything, but like her phone went off near me once and I went to go hand it to her and she slapped it away. She freaked out. Yeah. And you were so, like, what's that about? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, obviously, <laughs> uh, no guilty conscience there at all, but no, but the point is, is like she, she was clearly being dishonest with me. She didn't actually lie to me. She just didn't tell me that she was texting somebody behind my back. Yeah, I'm going to call that a lie, but later we're she splitting then, hairs. Later, she then did actual outright lies, and those weren't okay either. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this was, this was a serious relationship for me. Uh, we were living together. We'd been together for over well over two years at this point, closer to three years than two, I think. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I mean, I'm not going to go into it, but other bad things were happening for me at that time. And I was really, really struggling. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it was a time where, and you know, I don't like to say this because, you know, I'm a fairly typical guy this way, but I needed some emotional support. Didn't mm. I, I kind of got mm. the opposite. So it, it wasn't great. But, you know, I feel like that's very often the case when you actually need support, though. People love to be there for people who don't need them. And opportunity also, like, befalls people who don't need opportunity. It's a lot. And I know you don't like it when I get all Bible y on you. Oh, I but don't. Yeah. <laughs> when the Bible says, from he who has, everything will be given. And from he who doesn't, everything will be taken away. You were kind of in that downward spiral. Hooray. Not that I'm religious, I should preface that, but and I do think... I was, that was part of my very conservative upbringing, is that I was very religious, or mm -hmm. I was, well, I wasn't, but I was raised religious, I just, it didn't really catch on. But anyway, um, yeah, so, want to move to your next one, or? Okay, so my next need is, I need someone who is loving, and that 
And then I went on to define that in a parenthetical actively responds to bids and has, uh, and my best interests with active care and concern. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty typical. I think everybody needs that. I think it's just the level of priority that people have relative to their other needs is really the only difference. Do you think that everybody knows that they need that? I, I think if you bring that up and ask, do you need this in a relationship? Everybody mm-hmm. is going to say yes. But do you think that if we asked a hundred people to write down their list of needs, many of them would get to that? No. So it's hard to think about. Uh, and also mm-hmm. you, you may approach like some of those things that you talked about from kind of a different angle, mm-hmm. which, which is actually kind of what happened with me. So like, um, I talked about, um, uh, I went through physical touch. Like that's one of my big needs. So I need somebody who is, you know, going to be able to physically be around me, be physically affectionate, you know, whether Mm -hmm. that's sexual hugs, kisses, whatever. Um, I just, I like affection and I like giving affection. So though that's a fairly high priority for me. And, um, and then that also kind of transitions into me needing, um, needing that caring and giving that caring, um, what, what you called what active concern, active care and concern, active care and concern. So I, I didn't call it that, but that's basically what it is. Um, I want to feel cared for and I want my partner to feel cared for. Uh, however, that kind of manifests itself because in my experience, how you impart that to your partner, how they feel that from you is going to vary depending on who it is. So you and have to show it in different ways. For you, it's largely physical touch. Uh, it's, it's physical touch. It's also, um, you know, I, I have a big variety of interests. Like I'm big into basketball. Uh, I'm big into a lot of nerd shit like literary analysis, Star Wars, comic books, you know, things like that. And if you're not into those things, that's fine. But, you know, giving a shit, you know, when I show interest in these things or like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've contributed to some podcasts on literary analysis and you don't have to read my papers on literary analysis. I realized to somebody who hasn't read the book or somebody who just isn't interested in that kind of thing, it's as dry as could possibly be. But for people who like the subject, they're way into it. They love reading that stuff and I love it. And if I'm spending my time doing it, I need the person to respect that. I need that person to, you know, be excited for me, even if it's not something that they're into. Um, you know, that would be the first half of what I said, responding to the bids. So when you're like, I'm writing this paper, Right. And That's your bid. And then they have to be like, oh, darling, tell me more. Right. And so the, the other end is me doing my best to do that for them, uh, support mm-hmm. their interests and uh, where I can uh, participate or at least engage. And, you know, so that that's uh, those to me are somewhat kind of interconnected, but also somewhat mm-hmm. related to what you were talking about. But yeah. So who are next? Um, sure. My next one is 
willing. And this is actually language that I got from a book. Honestly, a lot of what I've communicated so far is from a few different books. Um, one is called The Science of Trust by John Gottman. The other one is The Art of Loving by Eric Fromm. And now we come to book number three, which is The Four-Man Plan, uh, which is a hilarious little book about an Asian woman who was like, I suck at relationships, but I'm Asian, so I'm good at math, and I'm turning this into a math problem. And she she put this word willing out there, and she gives you an operational definition, which I've sort of expounded upon and willing for me now is someone who's excited about being in this relationship and about committing to prioritizing the relationship or the partnership so it's not like yeah I'll tolerate this because I know that like monogamy is important to you or whatever babe but it's like yes grab someone that like wants to grab you by the hand and tell everybody in the room this is my person and is just excited to Ma'am, this is on. a funeral. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Well, you, you were excited to tell him that, you know, he's your guy in the middle of the funeral. Not in the funeral. It's Sean. There's a time and place, you <laughs> bet. That sort of energy, though, and that enthusiasm for prioritizing a commitment and and for even having that commitment and i think that this is so rare um especially as the dating population gets like younger and younger because everybody my age is already married so the people who are left don't really have a lot of this and this is just one more reason why i'm going to be single forever uh, people don't do this nearly as much anymore people want to like leave their options open and so you you heard her endless optimism right there. We talked about this <laughs> earlier. You said I'm I'm an optimist. This is why I'm constantly disappointed. And I said I'm. Well, a, I was optimistic about this, and now I'm at the disappointed end of it well, because it's not working out. I mean, I'm the other. I I'm pessimistic by nature, so I said that's why I'm always depressed. But um, mm -hmm. I mean, I've actually I've been doing a lot of work to try to become less pessimistic, to try to be more optimistic, to be more positive in general, and it's 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 a good thing to do. Uh, and it's, it it's is and it isn't because disappointment disappointment is what occurs when reality comes very short from your expectations, right? Um, so actually, the pessimist is rarely disappointed because what they expected to happen always happens. Yes, but the pessimist is not super happy. So uh, <laughs> no, but anyway, it's uh, yeah, it's obviously like a mixed bag. So you can't control what happens, but it's you're going to be a lot happier if you force yourself to engage in positivity and, and be optimistic, which isn't its easier said than done. It's really actually not that hard to do. Listen to the, well, I think it's episode okay. 12, choose happiness. I've been trying to make you do that happy practice. Like you, since you have I been met trying to get me to do so many things. You have you like five books for me to read. You have like 17 episodes that I wasn't allowed to watch. And now I have to watch. <laughs> like, I'm I'm trying to keep up. You have a lot of assignments for me. It's a TED Talk. I think I've sent you the TED Talk before, and he's like, if you do these five things for 21 days, you will be happier. You've sent me a couple. You've also sent me a million of Jordan Peterson, excerpts of Jordan Peterson. Which and, you'll never listen to. DOS, so. whatever. No, I listened to them. I did. When you did? You listened to JP? Yes. I, and I, I respect his intellectualism. I do not like his views. We've talked about this a lot, and 
I've had conversations with you about it. There's a reason why, in general, I don't want to. Anyway, I'm. This is not the topic we're getting into. But uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I, I listen to your stuff. I've been reading your book on mold. I've been doing. I do these things. <laughs> no. Did you um, watch the TED Talk by Sean Archer? I think no. his name is. No, okay. not gotten to that yet. But in in general, I am reading and listening and watching the things that you tell me to do. It's just that, frankly, you send me 27 things to do while I'm at work. And, you know, there's only so much time in the day. And some of that I have to spend, you know, playing video games. And some of that I have to spend doing laundry and eating. And the rest of the time I'm at work mashing spreadsheets. So my mom used to say that I spent too long in school because I always give books and journals for presents. And she was like, You spend so much time in school that you think it's okay to give people homework for a present. Yeah. I don't want a journal. (laughs) Do not get me a journal for any kind of a present. Like that, that to me is the opposite of all of the things that you described as your wants and needs. And it will destroy our friendship, Yvette. (laughs) I know what I'm getting Sean for his birthday. You, you heard it here. Uh, Sean and Seth <laughs> just broke up on air. Uh, no, but okay. So let, we're kind of moving on here. Um, as far as uh, needs, do you have any more needs? I have tons more needs. What is this assignment made me realize is that I'm a needy bitch. <laughs> well, I, I think I am needy in terms of affection, but I'm not actually that needy in terms of number of needs. I'm not saying that I'm. Are you out of needs already? No, I'm not. I have uh, five I, more. <laughs> I mentioned I met. I have two more, uh, and I mentioned oh, wait, one no, of them I already. Have... Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. I have six more. Oh God, uh, we're, we're gonna have <laughs> the lightning round those, but um, <laughs> no. So trust was another big one for me. So obviously, this is kind of related to honesty. Uh, you I had somebody omit something important. And then later, outright lie. And both of those things are big breaches of trust. And the real- I, we tried to make the relationship work for a little while after that. It did not work. And mm-hmm. real- the reality is there is just no way for me to regain that trust. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why the relationship ended. You, you, I can't. If you lie to me about something on that level of importance and you're also willing to lie about other things. I, I can't get that trust back. So was it the lies or the act that really made you not be able to come back from it? It was both. Okay. So, but if you didn't have both together, if you just had the misdeed and then subsequent there was, Oh my God, this happened. I'm sorry. How do we b- figure this out together? I Could you come back from that? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. both of those independently were a breach of trust. Cause when you enter a relationship, a monogamous relationship where you, you know, there's kind of an understanding that you're not going to cheat on the other person. You know, not, not that I was physically cheated on. Um, it, it ended up kind of, that you know, like of. that. Well, that I know of. Yeah. I mean, she was lying a lot, so I, I don't actually know, but, um, the point is like, there's an Im- implied value that you're going to be faithful. So when you're not faithful, whether you're honest about it or not, you've breached that trust. 
Mm-hmm. And then the fact that you lie about it, that's another breach of trust. And lying about it and the act itself, I actually think the act itself was probably worse for me. That breach of trust was probably worse for me just because mm-hmm. affection and all of that is so important to me, whether it's physical, whether it's, you know, a hug or a kiss or even just like a, a text, like whatever it is, mm-hmm. the fact that that is going to somebody else made me extremely jealous. It, it hurt me. And, um, yeah, it, it was just, I, I think that was probably worse for me than the actual lie. Mm-hmm. I know that's not how it is for you, but, um, Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's not how it is for me. No, so. um, in fact, trust isn't even on my list. It's not on any of my lists. Wow, really? <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. When you say trust, I think I cover it with one and two. Transparent honesty, I think, is the biggest part of trust for me. But, but you and don't then... cover it. You don't cover it because what if that person cheats on you, but then they're honest about it? You're completely okay, okay with that? Here's... Here's where I do cover it. I said between one and two. So two is actively responds to my bids and best interests with active care and concerns. So if you are cheating on me, you're not uh, responding to my best interests with active care and concern. Uh, I, I think that's kind of a tenuous connection. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying that maybe you were trying to keep your body count low as far as your uh, number of needs here. And you probably should have <laughs> included trust. But uh, anyway. no, I think I've got it covered between those two things. And we're we're at fifty five minutes here, so let's let's to start be moving. fair. Okay, we're, we're obviously even, yeah, we're, we're gonna, gonna go have over. to start a new recording because this is gonna cut us off in an hour. Okay, so um, let's let's get through the end of your needs before we do that. I don't know if that's possible. I want to talk more about <laughs> the fact that if somebody cheated on me but then they were honest about it i could get through that no problem Mm -hmm. i don't think i could so yeah uh, but we heard that from you so i just wanted to put out where my head was at it has never happened before it has never happened since and it crushed me so um, i've been cheated on tons of time not a huge deal honestly (laughs) oh my god Um, (laughs) i mean not like the coolest thing that's ever happened but i'd Rather have that than not be to lied brag, to. but yeah. Okay, so my fourth need: words of affirmation. Yeah, yeah, and that's a big one for you. Uh, it's kind of self-explanatory. They need to say nice and validating things towards you. It, I, it's not a need of mine at all. So really, uh, I, I don't exactly know how what that does for you i don't know if it's like it really boosts my self-esteem so it's your self-esteem it's not is it like a mood thing as well does it help like how you feel like does it help you stay upbeat or like what what's going on there yeah totally words of affirmation like when you need a hug i need someone to tell me that i'm awesome yeah so you know somebody says that i'm awesome i go oh thanks and that's it like somebody I, hugs me, I'm like, duh, I'm like soft and I smell good. Why wouldn't you want to hug me? Uh, well, maybe if you had some self-esteem issues and didn't think that everybody <laughs> wanted to hug you. And uh, even though Aww. you give the warmest hugs. and <laughs> No, but uh, no, that's, that's not my reason at all. I just, I really enjoy physical affection. It makes, 
I get the warm fuzzies and it's nice. Yeah. See, I get that from words and the more like creative or specific you can be with your words, the better. Mm, Okay. So, you know, you, you heard it here first, Yvette's future husband, pass off Shakespeare's words as your own. (laughs) Definitely. Or you could just like leave me little Neruda poems all around the house. Yeah, but you might recognize those. I mean, they don't even have to be your words. They just like With words, your okay? Spiritual bullshit. Oh, stop it! <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, okay. So we've got two minutes left. Next need collaboration, and this really sucks because most people don't need this. Most people aren't giving it, and I am obsessed with it. I can do nothing in a vacuum. <laughs> I just can't stay motivated. But if we're working together towards, or even in tandem towards shared goals, then I can stay happy, motivated, focused, productive. I just, it it really inspires my Buddha nature and my best self. Mm. Yeah. Just not, not really a thing for me. I enjoy collaboration. It's fun for me, but you know, as far as in a relationship, uh, collaborating on like projects and things isn't something that really comes up. Uh, it could be dinner even. No, I, I get that. And you know, I have no problem collaborating to or like keeping the house clean or paying the bills or whatever it is. So I, I have no issue, you know, picking those up. But to me, those are chores. It's like, Oh, see, no, to me, they make my heart sing. Oh, do you, did you and somebody want to like collaborate on keeping my house clean? <laughs> like you, you can make me food too. I, I'm not stopping you. <laughs> yeah, as dreamy as that proposal is, I propose that we disconnect this call and start a new recording. Oh my god, you're proposing? 